Hey there. If you can hear my voice, this is Pamela, host of Hospital the Tea, here to remind you that Eagle Entertainment Network has a lot for your business. Listen, Honey, you need to get with it. Eagle Entertainment offers various services, media coverage, red carpet services, promo interviews on air. They offer meet and greet services, honey, not to mention other event services. You want to get in gear. Eagle Entertainment is empowered, greatness optimized. We're now booking and spots are going fast. Eagle serves the United States and all event types, honey. So if you are opening a business, having a store opening, a restaurant opening, and you want some coverage, Eagle Entertainment is the way to go. Call or text 317-886-0296 or go to eagleentertainmentnet.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of Hospital the Tea. Remember, you always have to say it like that, Hospital the Tea, where we are putting a face to hospitality and helping you to see all the sides of it to make you better, safer, help you to negotiate contracts, help you to travel, and just be understanding when you go to a counter or anything that there is first a human behind that counter. Okay, so today we have a really exciting episode, um, but everyone has been writing in to me and saying, Pam, you think every episode is exciting. <laughs> You're right. I do. I love my guests and I appreciate and value the information that they're bringing. And clearly you do because you're here every time. So I love it. So uh, a couple of things that I definitely wanted to share first. Um, there are some interesting things that are going on in the industry. I did share some things um, on uh, my on my travel nibbles that show on JQLM radio syndicated through Eagle Entertainment Network every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Those travel nibbles to give you a little bite of travel information and to help you be better and to keep you up to speed every single week. Um, I share that. But one of the things that I shared, especially for my friends in my old stomping grounds of the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, of course, this weekend, uh, so actually this coming weekend, November 7th to November 14th is the fourth annual Black Food and Beverage Week. Guys, get out there and enjoy your community. Uh, I want you to know what's going on in festivals and travel and everything. So it's Black Food and Beverage Week. Go out there and try something. Also, I wanted to remind you of the um, website and app. It's called Hopper. It looks like a little bunny hopping and uh, it helps you to get discounted rates at the last minute for travel, for flights and things of that nature. Um, uh, I'm actually at this very moment broadcasting from my home uh, city of Little Rock, Arkansas. Though I'm here for a challenging situation, um, Hopper is definitely a website that will help me to get back and forth on a flight really quickly. So just definitely want to remind you of that. But also uh, something that I gave you guys information on last week, if you are looking to feed your wanderlust, 
okay, and to travel and to go um, back and forth across different countries and across the pond and whatever that may be. Um, want to remind you that on November 8th, the new travel policy starts for the United States. Make sure you are aware of what they are. I've shared a few tidbits about them on November 8th. We are opening our doors and basically opening our arms in the United States to welcome foreign nationals with no major travel bans uh, starting November 8th. There are quali qualifications, of course, that you have to follow. Um, some of the key ones are you have to be fully vaccinated, whether you are a foreign national coming into the United States or you're traveling and returning. You have to have proof to, with that travel, um, that card that shows that you've been fully vaccinated or you have to have had a negative COVID test within three days of travel, as well as proof that you have a COVID test that you can take when you return. Some flights are even selling COVID tests. I think it's Delta that's selling um, a PR, PRM, I believe, test, a, a quick test that you can take uh, on the airline. Because you, it's almost like they're saying when you walk up there, show me that you're negative and show me that receipt that you have another one, right? So they're like, oh, they're not taking, oh, I can go to the Walgreens when I get home. No, 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 honey, they want to make sure. And so I wanna make sure that you are up to date and up to speed on what's going on. So let's progress to one of my favorite parts, which is introducing my wonderful guests. These gentlemen are experts in their fields and they are here to talk to us about security measures and things that uh, we can do to be safer as we travel. Things that we can look for if we're uh, negotiating a contract because many of the planners, sometimes, you know, when I'm negotiating contracts, I don't always think of certain things. Like there's certain things I think about like, I got a lot of kids coming in. I need your bar to make sure that they check ID, right? No matter how tall that child is, I need the ID to be checked, certain things like that. But they're really here to give us some really great insight so that we can be safer when we travel, safer when we negotiate contracts, and even just not traveling, just attending places just in general, especially with the holidays coming up. Just a caveat to let you know, they are not here to represent any particular entity, company, or anything of that nature, okay? So don't call them tomorrow and say, listen, I heard that y'all said, that's not what this is about. We are giving information, basic information to really help you to be your best. So let's get started. Let me introduce my first uh, guest, and they are actually in the green room, able to hear and see the excellence that's happening. So <laughs> uh, these gentlemen are amazing. So I want to start by sharing the first gentleman. Uh, the first gentleman that I'm bringing to the screen is Mr. Charles Doris. Mr. Doris is actually uh, <laughs> just a great all-around person. The family is really great. But Charles Doris has over 32 years, 32 years of security experience, ranging from private security to hospitality security. In his 32 years of security, he has worked in casinos, hotels, private events, and even security from small private weddings to major events like Comic-Con. Now I know you guys know Comic-Con, okay? From Comic like Comic-Con with up to 200,000 people. Charles has dealt with it all when it comes to security. Charles has played a huge role in events like South by Southwest, IkiCon, major sporting teams, <laughs> go Ravens, uh, <laughs> ACL music events, the Rot Rally, the Republic of Texas Rally, um, the Formula One, and of course, the most important one, providing security for the everyday customer, you. 
the viewers of Hospitality. So Charles has had the pleasure of working with some of the world's top officials, foreign and domestic. And he continues to work with private companies to help provide safety and security measures for various clients. Charles enjoys traveling to various destinations to experience hospitality and security firsthand with his lovely wife that I adore, Carla. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Mr. Charles Doris. Hello, sir. How are you? How are you doing, Pam? It's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, my friend. I'm so glad you're here. I um, appreciate you stepping in. And I'm going to go ahead and bring the other two guys on because you guys are something else. Okay. <laughs> I absolutely right. love it. Yes. Right. Thank you for being here. So the next gentleman that I'm going to bring to the table to give you guys expertise this fine evening is Mr. Damian Ellis. Damian Oh, let me take us off the back screen because it looks like we're just all in his space, right? I tell you. <laughs> let me take that off. Let's see. All right. Let's see. It's okay. Well, Damien's in the middle. How about that? Uh, Damien Ellis is the director of safety and security for San Francisco's Moscone Center. Before transitioning to the world of large scale events, conventions, and meetings, he spent 20 years with Hilton Hotels, leading security departments at two of its largest properties, San Francisco and Anaheim. Damien's years of experience in law enforcement and security have proven successful in meeting and managing the complexities of hospitality and event security, as well as helping clients and planners develop solid risk management and mitigation strategies for all types of events. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to bring to the screen Mr. Damien Ellis. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm well. Hi, Pam. Hi, Charles. Thank you for having me. Most definitely my pleasure. You guys bring so much experience. I'm just like, okay, lock the door when you get out the car. That's the most I know. So you guys, <laughs> you you guys are going to bring a lot. That's a good start. Lock those. It's a good start. Exactly. My dad always says, "Don't leave things on the seat. If you tempt a thief, they'll steal it." Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll let you introduce that next guy then. Guys, <laughs> yes. the oh man, I tell you, the, the third and an excellent gentleman that I am bringing here to the screen is Mr. Johnson Matai. Johnson Matai has been in the hospitality business since 1984 and in a leadership position over 32 years. So if there's anyone that knows security, it's these three guys here. He has been at hotels and resorts in California and Arizona. During his tenure, he has had responsibilities in physical security, like get your <laughs> guest and team member security and safety, workers' compensation administration, which is great, general liability administration, threat assessment and mitigation, and high-profile event security. He has conducted training and assessments at several properties. Ladies and gentlemen, let me bring to the screen Mr. Johnson Matai. Hello. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> How's Thank everyone doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm great. Now that you're here, I'm great. We're good. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a tie in 20 years. What happened to that picture? My, my, my phone book is not high enough. 
<laughs> oh my gosh guys i gotta say from the beginning those okay you guys the viewers you were not on here before okay before we got started these guys are jokesters like they know how to get serious when it's time to get serious because you hear their experience but they are hilarious and i love it there's somebody already on facebook that made a comment you can you see it at the bottom they said woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> that was for you girls yeah, I paid her well. <laughs> they are excited that you're here. So talk to me. I wanted just to be friends chatting. Let's talk it up. Tell me about yourselves, gentlemen. Tell me. Well, first of all, where are each of you respectively right now? I'm in yes, Phoenix, Austin. Arizona. Okay. And uh, I'm in Austin, Texas. Keeping it weird. Always. <laughs> I'm, I'm weird. I, I'm in San Francisco, California. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> Austin's moniker is "Keep Austin Weird." You know what I mean? And then, but then you go right up the road. I think it is in Hutto, and it says "Keep Us Normal." <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So guys, people tend to not think much about security. Like I said before, um, when I think of security, you know, a lot of times I'm like, okay, lock your door of your car. Don't. You know, I always try to park under a light or close to the door, that kind of thing. Overall, tell me what you all, if you had to explain to like a little child, what would you say security in a nutshell is? Gentlemen, anybody want to take that one? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start with it. Uh, basically, security is it's a role of watching after other people and foreseeing what what uh, could happen, what can't happen what what they need to do um just thinking beyond what they are thinking and um, um having that caring feeling at the same time basically securing someone is caring for someone and um and protecting someone so. it just made my heart love it that is so true charles, really is, is, car true. charles is crying yeah, it's it's touching my heart there. <laughs> I, I would also say that you know you want to get home at the end of the day. So anytime yeah. you go outside the door, you're responsible for your own. So if you you know you you all watch TV, you all watch the things, and you're screaming at the TV, don't go around that corner. Yet you're going to walk around that same corner if you're out in the real world. Yeah, take take yourself out of you know your moment, your phone, and you know take a look around, see what's right. happening. Because uh, you're you're ultimately responsible. And here's the good thing, though. If you don't really think about what we've done as security, we've done our job correctly because it's it's all. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, and if I if I could add to that, that's one of the things that I tell my clients. My job is to be here, but not be seen. I'm, I'm that one person where I say I don't take it personal if I don't have to see you again after this meeting, because we're here to protect and serve the folks that are, you know, either at a local event, you know, attending a function, whatever it may be. But our job is just to make sure everybody, like Damon said, we want you to come to the festival, the event, and be able to leave the event safely at the end wow. of the day. That makes total sense. Were you about to say something, Johnson? Yeah, well, basically our jobs, all of us, a boring day is a good day for us. And, and, and a busy day is not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this, because a lot of times we just, you know, we just go to festivals. I know me, I keep a, one of those chairs in my trunk in case, you know, I have a drive by festival moment. You know what I mean? I have to take it out of my trunk and go to a festival. 
but <laughs> music, whatever. But we don't tend to think about that unless it's something that's all over the news and security is heightened. We're yellow, we're red, that kind of thing. The average citizen doesn't think about that. So how do you guys as you know, you've managed groups from small weddings to hundreds of thousands of people. How do you structure that? Like, how do you get your staff on board? Let's talk about how you get your staff to follow the mission that you have, like training. Yeah, I was going to say, I know for me, you know, different events require different planning. You know, mm. the like you mentioned, the different levels of security threats are always taken into consideration. We want to make sure that one, we're engaged in what's happening locally for most of our events nationally, and then working with clients to determine if they are traveling with a threat. Mm. There may be an employee, an ex-employee that potentially could be a threat that could impact that event. So for us, we start our planning by looking at all of those avenues just based on what's happening nationally and mm -hmm. what's happening locally, and then the company or the business itself. And that's what we share with our staff. We want them to be aware of any potential threats locally or internally. Mm -hmm. And we work with them to ensure, like they all say at the airport, see something, say something exactly. is probably the most important thing you can do at a large event like that. Wow. So, let me ask you this. When you were saying um, threats that you all have to think through that are locally or past employee, disgruntled employee, something like that. That's really interesting. You have to really have some in-depth conversations with the planners, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So to, to follow up with Charles, my goal for my team is to just service the customer. Be mm -hmm. the friendliest people you can possibly be. Because the threat people or threat actors don't want to be recognized. So if you if you customer service people and it's a crime of opportunity, they don't want to be greeted, they don't want to be talked to, they want to be anonymous. Right. So we start with that. We service the customer, we're friendly with the customer, and the guest does not need to know that's a loss prevention uh, threat assessment tactic. That's just people being friendly. So that's wow. the front line. That's what you're gonna see. What, what Charles and Johnson and I do in the background is have those conversations. And the employee piece, a lot of people miss that, uh, especially in my world where a lot of my events are business related. So they're bringing their employees to a function. They're right. technically working. So that disgruntled employee, if they wanted to, to make a, a statement, what better mm. place when the entire organization is together? So we really want to work with the HR folks and the event planners and so on and so forth so that we have a a plan in place, we may never execute that plan, but we've got something kind of carved out in the event of, and this is what we do, and this is who we talk to. Wow. And we usually, um, and, and all of us do, um, the three of us, where we try to assess what type of group is coming in. Is it the single, um, uh, or is it a female group is it an elderly group is it is it a couple's group is it, it's it's are they international are they familiar with the area and and all of us are familiar with the crime statistics and in our immediate area and and we train our staff to anticipate what what these individuals or attendees or the guests um are going to expect 
and and yeah. some groups come in where uh, the meeting planner openly um, states that th this is a party group. So the security team has to be ready for that party group because that person in the business suit in the morning is happy and uh, having fun at five o'clock in the afternoon. But they're mm -hmm. sometimes um, single uh, female and helpless because they've uh, overindulged. Right. Or, or or a man, whatever, and, right. and so we have to anticipate it, and if we don't, um, we're going to get caught off guard. Right. You guys sound like you have to really think through a lot, like that plan B you were saying, Damien, that you may not have to execute, and Johnson, you were saying you have to think through a lot and anticipate those things. Um, so how do you, like, how can the average, like when planners are coming to you, is it advantageous for them to sit down with like you and your entire team and, and like depend on the size of the event? Like, do you have enough people on your team? Do you ever outsource? How do you do that? So I'll, I'll take that first. So uh, since I'm a, I'm a little unique, we, we, uh, we do a lot of outsourcing with, with our, our clients in the convention world, but one of my managers always talks to the client and the event managers prior to anything uh, happening so that we right. can develop a security plan. So okay. we'll talk about who, you know all the security agencies that they can hire. They've all been vetted through us. They all have all the proper credentials and certificates of insurance. Okay. We make sure we, we know who they are. And then we, we lay out a plan. Because at the end of the day, if, if bad things happen, we all need to be on that same page. Because wow. it's not going to be your fault. It's going to be my fault. It's going to be all of us collectively. And all of us collectively need to step up to save the day or do whatever we have to do at the time. And that's all planning. That's all conversations. That's all talking. That's uh, your networking like we're doing today. Obviously, the three of us have known each other for a long time. I could pick up the phone at any moment and call them if I wasn't sure. And right. if they didn't know, they'd find somebody. And that's I can't stress how important that is from public to private partnerships. You need to right. have that network. Wow, that's really important. You know that community that you guys have. So that that helps me to that leads me to another question. Um, when you all say you have that community, like there are different risks. I, I'm sure in different areas, right? A downtown college town would have something that that you're exposed to that's different than say you know a, a sleepy little town that may be near, like having a pumpkin festival, that kind of thing. Um, when you reach out to each other for information um how do you uh like translate the information from say a big city to a little town like do you tend to use bits and pieces or is there a standard policy that you know across the board something that's across the board that all security follows does everyone put together a plan if they don't they should okay. there's 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 no such thing as a small pumpkin festival if something bad happens, that's national news. That's true. So everybody should be thinking on the biggest scale. Right. Uh, it may never happen, but uh, here in Gilroy a few years ago, there's a garlic festival and there was mm -hmm. an active shooter. So that's relatively small on the scale of things we're talking about, but that became national news and that was a big thing. And right. the planners did put things together and there, and there were plans. But that little pumpkin festival... In small town Iowa or wherever, they got to have the same thing because if someone wants to send a message, they know that's where the town gathers. That's right. 
That is true. So, you know what? That just brought up a really good point, and I want to ask you guys. There is such... Um, hmm. I think that people nowadays, you know, we're coming off of being quarantined and COVID and everybody wants to get outside and be daring and do things they haven't done in 18 months or whatever. Um, it brings me to the events that could end up on TV. Like how has security and that type of thing changed um, since COVID, since 9-11, since like how have you all seen it change from your side? Well, um, it's been completely different from what we were used to um, a year, year and a half ago. Everything changed. We were never in the business of closing our doors. We were mm -hmm. never in the business of uh, restricting people. People came to have fun, uh, have events. Um, uh, this last year and a half has brought out some strange people. And mm -hmm. uh, same, um, the same people... I, 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 it took me by surprise on uh, training the staff. Um, it was completely something that we had never even imagined uh, on how people were going to be. And like you said, people coming out and getting wild and it, it was different. Right. And I was going to say, too, just something that we normally would never had to think about with the shift that took place during COVID-19. I mean, the supplies, you know, when you think about how that industry was impacted, you know, when we are being told that we need to protect ourselves, wear a mask, and then mm -hmm. you're then told there's a shortage on masks. I know wow. that I worked with several clients to put together different action plans so that we could secure supplies to ensure that their staff could be safe when they're working. Um, okay. the, the thing that you truly have to look at there is, you know, again, having this network and what's happening in different parts of the world, mm -hmm. um, you know, for the longest, I know, I know people that would travel, they would see people wearing a mask back in the day. And we just thought it was odd. That's now, right. You, if you're not wearing a mask, you're the odd one out. You're the odd one out. That's true. So, that looking at it from a security standpoint, you just have to be planning ahead. You know, Damien talked about the events. They could be small, could be large. You want to make sure you're planning ahead. You don't want to be flipping the page in your pandemic or emergency procedures and you're a day late. And a dollar short, basically. <laughs> I, I mean, think what a supplier. And, and people are are people are frustrated, and and so again we go back to that customer service piece. They were locked up for 18, 19 months. They right. may or may not have consumed alcohol right. at home. Now they're out in the bar, and they are. So, and their attitude toward you may or may not you as the security person or the uh, restaurant attendant or whomever, they are right. mad at you because you're enforcing the rule that they may not want to cooperate. Right. And they're taking out their aggressions. Uh, so we, we go back to um, be polite, make a suggestion. Don't be over, uh, heavy handed with the folks. Mm. We can move that if we need to, but let's not start there because all that's right. going to do is escalate that situation. Ultimately, ultimately, we're in the business of being nice and, 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 and being mean or aggressive is is never, ever even the first 10 things that you think of. So you try to be as nice as possible. You accommodate um, 
And I always say, don't worry about their personality. They may be just acting it out or whatever the case may be. It's that same thing of the business person during the day that's uh, enjoying in the afternoon. And then at midnight, that person's a complete belligerent person or or clueless person or helpless person. So so just deal with it and be nice. You never go wrong as long as you're nice. As, you know what? I like that. You know, Johnson, you are bringing all the heart out today. I love it. Good for you, Johnson. Yeah. Well, well, God, knows, God, knows, God knows that I can be not nice. So I, 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 I try to be well, nice as much as possible. And if, you think, if, you think, if you think about the COVID situation, if I'm, I'm, I'm masked, I'm vaccinated, I'm prepared, that's my job. And I'm talking right. to the person that's not cooperating. He's not walking around the store bothering anybody else. It's a one-on-one -on -one interaction. Right. So me being nice, me isolating him just by having a conversation has made everybody else safe. Wow. You know, it's interesting you say that because you guys are tasked to think through so much. And a lot of times in an improv situation, like things can change in a, in a moment for you guys. So how do you, like, what are some basic things? And I know you can't tell us everything, right? Um, but how do you, what are some things that you recognize that cause you to push, the, to raise the bar a little bit, like go that extra step and say, okay, guys, we got to get a little firmer or that kind of thing, because you guys are in situations where you're not just looking out for you know, fights and drunk people or active shooters or that kind of thing. When the pandemic came, you were having to look out for people, you know, not wearing masks and that kind of thing. How do, how do you all gauge when to go to the next level? Well, th those individuals will, uh, will, will let you know very clearly. And, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's up to you with based on experience. And that's where the three of us have it, where, we don't get played into that uh, into that world of uh, responding to their behavior and mm. mimicking their behavior. Uh, um, bottom line is, it's our world; we control it, right? And we're the one that's going to win this argument. So right. let's have an argument in a sane way. And and that's that's usually uh, occasionally I've had to have that conversation. Say. You're in my world, and um, we can make this go whichever way you want. I'd like to end it in a good way, right? And and I'm going to win anyway. So it's pretty harsh, but but sometimes ninety percent of the time they turn around. Right. Yeah. I kind of would. <laughs> I've also I've added to that by just telling officers: remember, we've done nothing wrong. So if we're here for a purpose, at the end of the day, we've we've done nothing wrong. So for us, we're going to try to find the best way to get resolution to the issue. Right. Officers, customer service first, enforcement second. Yep. Okay. We do everything we can to provide that level of customer service. And at a certain point, like Haji says, we have to be firm and have to draw that line. And that's where the enforcement piece comes into play. Right. I want to back up. Oh, go our ahead. Goal, our goal also is uh, we we we. It's not personal. Like like mm. Charles said, we're you're, we're not asking you to do anything that's crazy. We're just asking you to follow a rule. And mm -hmm. we we talk about verbal judo or redirecting the threat a little bit. And verbal judo, um, I like that. 
so basically I'm going to put it back on you and my staff's going to put it back on you and you're going to come up and sound like a fool some of the time if you don't, if you're not willing to move your car for the ambulance to park in the parking space, for example. Okay. So you're going to get this straight. You don't want to park here because of your, you're in such a hurry. And then they kind of go, well, wait, maybe not or whatever. So maybe not. not Yeah. We try to deescalate. And as they both said, at the end of the day, it is our place. We are going to win, whether that means calling blue suits, bringing in police, whatever the case may be, we have that, we have the next level if we need to get there. Let me, let me back up a little bit um, because we touched on it briefly, but I wanted to um, just understand more because I think this, this is going to help a lot of the planners uh, and the contract negotiation, you know, the, the meeting planners that come on property. How do, how, well, first, let me back up. Can, can you give me some tips and not tips, but some understanding of how security has changed um, like before, say, like 9-11 and pandemic and with all these things going on, Black Lives Matter, everything. How has um, security on your side like changed? I know we touched on it, but I really want to understand from your perspective, what have you had to change to adapt to the changing time? I was going to say that's a good one, Pam. I know for most of us, you know, security, we start with the base. The base will always be there. Okay. You're, you're observing and reporting is the base. So from that base, we then have to look at again what's happening in the world at that particular time. Um, I think all three of us at the same time were working for a particular client or company. Um, but you look at how we've had to shift our mindset of a security threat um, mm. based on what's currently happening. You know, right. prior to 9-11, after 9-11, you know, after 9-11, a lot of hotels were considered soft targets. Right. You know, had a lot of large events, gatherings, and it would be easy to have some type of activity or some type of attack against the hotel. Um, right. Damien brought up the active shooter situation. We've had to shift again. Now we're in an environment where we're dealing with either a single or multiple shooter engaging in large crowds. Right. Um, you know, not to bring up uh, any history for those that may be impacted, but, you know, for us in the industry, uh, Las Vegas, that was huge. Yes. That was very huge. You know, and then when you talk about that shifting gears again, now we're in a pandemic where folks are. Now, the threat may not be so much on site, but it is now what we call that invisible virus. Mm. And as a first responder, we don't know if you're contracted that virus and subject to infect us. Right. So safety first. And uh, again, just keeping those basics of the observing and reporting is huge. Uh, yeah. I know these two gentlemen can speak more about the different transitions. I know I made some notes about how we've transitioned from keys. I mean, we went from hard keys way back yep. and now we are wireless Bluetooth right. technology. Yeah. With no room numbers on the keys, any of that. That's true. That's well, true. And, and prior to nine 11, if we use that as our security base, you never wanted to see security. They mm. were behind the scenes. They could have been the thugs, your typical, what you anticipate a security person looking like or whatever you're, Images, mm -hmm. and then then we were forward. Then we were front first. First mind, you always want to know every security plan. You wanted to see police officers in lobbies. 
so on and so forth. It was very, very um, in your face, over. Mm, Black, Black right. Lives Matter changed that a little bit, but the problems didn't go away. We still had potential for crimes. We still had potential for all the other things. Right. Law enforcement and security weren't necessarily what you wanted to see. So we kind of had to adjust again to continue to be visible, customer service, but also do some of the things that were more overt, a little more covertly again, just so we had those plans in place. And then, as we said, COVID came. And I've been out of the hotel business for a little while, but after Vegas, uh, we would clean rooms and we'd make sure we went in rooms all the time. COVID right. comes, we don't go back, we don't go in rooms, we don't clean rooms again for safety. Right. So we kind of spun there. So and again, it's an adjustment period for all of us and trying to get our staffs uh, to understand what needs to uh, occur. And, and if I can add something, 9-11 was not the beginning prior to that several acts of terrorism has happened uh mm. world trade center in 1993 i believe and then and then oklahoma, oklahoma. Uh, yep and uh and and then you end up with political conventions things like that where there's protests we've had you know labor disputes things like that and and that spill out on onto the street and into into one of your properties uh, or the convention center, or whatever the case may be, all kinds of things can happen. So, we've been prepared. We 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 do something that in training where we train all our team members, not just the security team. Okay. Uh, be the eyes and ears, and 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 a good good facility trains every team member in anticipating certain things how would you respond to an active attack how would you respond to a suspicious behavior you're not going to tell me tomorrow that hey i thought i saw somebody that that was doing something strange right and 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 some of the the greatest reporting has been from team members that are non-security which a, a good team is the entire workforce right uh, being part of your team it's more eyes and ears and and our message to our team is if you tell me something suspicious to you, they never it never has to go any further than us doing some behind the scenes investigating. That person or people never even have to know that we looked at them, thought they did something odd. Right. It doesn't mean we're gonna run out there and confront them. So right. We had to get we had to get over the stigma of I'm reporting and I'm afraid that they didn't really do anything. You're reporting because something seems odd to you. You know wow. what happens in your business. And then behind the scenes, we can do a bunch of things to figure out, hey, do we need to actually go make contact with these people? Is it really just they want to take photos of some artwork and it's not as as, as dubious as it seems? Right. So we had to get through that stigma. And the second thing to mention on training is a lot of tabletops and a lot of things, people want to do the, the, the spectacular. The plane hits the building. Well, that's a once in a while. You should train on things right. that have happened and happen all the time because that's what you're going to deal with. And that needs to be second nature. And then when the plane hits the building, it's the same thing. It's on a bigger scale. But you've already right. trained all this stuff that you needed to do. Wow. If, if I could step in a, a moment, you know, what David yeah, brought please. up a great, great, great point where one of my heroes, 9 11, um, there was a tall there's a tall building next to the World Trade Center where it was uh, 56 stories approximately. There was this individual who was the director of security sent out an email saying that plane just hit 
one of the towers. Wow. He, his message said that he evacuated that entire 56-story building in 20 minutes. Wow. And and business wow. travelers completely occupying that. That's preparedness. That's that's being ready to move. Nobody anticipated that plane to hit. Nobody yeah. ever trained for a plane to hit. And nobody even thought about it. But yeah. he reacted to something. And that caring part of hospitality that that he took that entire building evacuated and his email said that they set up a triage center in the basement with with the fire department for injured people, not knowing that the second plane, you know, once that, that happened, what? they moved. So there's that preparedness. Nobody could train unless you prepare and anticipate and think what if. And evacuation is caring. I mean, if you at the end of the day, you're not able to do that. What what good are you? Right. And, and that and that goes to they probably trained on how to evacuate the building in a fire, a lot. Right. And, and so this is essentially the same thing. Yeah, the the situation is different, but you needed everybody out of the building, and you're trained on something basic. Right. I, I love what you said a moment ago. Um, gosh, I'm loving all of these things. And just on a side note, um, I see that there are many people here from Facebook and from YouTube. We're getting ready to transition into asking what we as individuals can do to stay safe. So go ahead and post your questions. We definitely, you have three experts here, not me. You have three experts that can answer questions and uh, help you to understand. But um, something that you said a moment ago was don't be afraid to say something. Don't be afraid to say, to, because a lot of times nowadays we're so like, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I'll offend. Well, it sounds like you're saying, um, if you see something, yes, say something, but it doesn't mean that you have to go and accost that person or go and talk to that person. Go find security and let y'all do it, correct? Correct. 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 Yeah. And, and we're, our, my goal is to not disturb the person that you're reporting upon unless it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. They don't need right. to know you found something suspicious. Right. One of the, one of the things we, we tell folks is if they're taking photos of something unusual, let us know because that's a pre pre attack indicator. Why are you taking a picture of an air vent? But we have a piece of art next to one of our air vents, so maybe they were just oh. taking a picture of the piece of art, right? But that's but that's important to, for us to know because if they're taking pictures of air vents further down, I'm going to want to have a conversation with that person. And right. Since you, told, since you told me that, that's the eyes and ears of my facility. Wow. Yeah, and so Pam, if I can answer that one, Pam. Just of one course. more piece in that planning piece. So uh, as Damon has mentioned, that photographic piece, but from a business perspective, understand your surroundings. What mm. businesses are surrounding your business? Right. If someone's taking photos, it may not be of your business. It may be of the business that is adjacent to yours. Okay. So the threat may be coming to a neighbor, a neighboring business of yours. Oh, at so how time, do you, yeah, how do yeah, you? At one time, you know, during 9-11, everybody's on a heightened alert, but people would call and say, what's the tallest building in the city? You know, so those type of things, those should be red flags for anybody. Doesn't have to be security. Anyone answering the phone, it could be an operator. It could be a guest service agent. If someone's receiving those type of phone calls, that's the type of information we need. Right. 
How do you gauge that though? We're in hospitality. We're in, you, you know, you guys are in security and you've done, I, I really want to understand, the, you know, talk a little bit about the difference between securing hotels and major convention centers and huge festivals down to one celebrity. And maybe some of the celebrities you secure, but that's a whole nother issue. But, because <laughs> I know you have stories, but how in this industry, like for instance, I'm in sales, been in sales for couple decades now. So when someone calls and asks certain things about our hotel, my mindset is to sell it, to sell the city, to talk about the city, to talk about, oh, we have the tallest building, we have this, we did da, 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 da. You know, how do, how, can you give people tips on how to, when to rein that in or when to Point, notify Pointed questions. Mm. How, at which floor can the fire truck reach? Ah, do the windows open out on the upper floors? If I'm at the upper floor, can I see blah, blah, blah? If they point questions to you, it's no longer the general sales pitch. It's it's information gathering. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of like, personally, you know when you're being fished upon. Right. If you, if you feel that, and I know there's questions about personal safety, but if you feel that in your gut, and I can't stress this enough, if you feel something that doesn't feel right, go with that. And it turns out to be nothing, that's fine. But when you blow it off, nine times out of ten, everybody listening can relate to this. Nine times out of ten, you blew it off, and it actually was something you should have followed. Mm. Wow. And Damien is absolutely right. Uh, trained people do not question their gut instinct. Their intuition is 97%, 98% dead on accurate. And, and, and majority of the times people have said something did not seem right. And they are absolutely right. But that doesn't wow. mean it's going to materialize anytime soon. It doesn't hurt to just watch the person. Like Damien and Charles said, we, we watch the person. And so they didn't do anything over here. But then right. if you have partnerships with the local, local government, you let people know, hey, just heads up, this person was acting suspicious and this is his right. information or whatever limited it's limited what we can share right but we give, give information so that they can look into it right in all right. all three of our fields has proven successful reporting reporting stuff ahead of time and and it has worked out very well that's fantastic guys we definitely appreciate it. so you guys clearly have a plan you have a plan A, B to Z. Honestly, I feel you do. Um, what are some tips that you can give the average traveler? Like we've talked about things that planners can look at. We've talked about you guys' plan. What can the average traveler that's just going on a family vacation or whatever, what are some things they can do to be safer or to not to be scared, you know, to travel, um, but to just be safe? What are some tips that you guys can possibly give? I was going to say, I think we should start in some layers because mm. during these current times, when you talk about preparing to travel, all your travel documents need to be up to date. Let's start mm. with that because you will need to make sure passports, state ID, whatever government issue ID that you have needs to be current. Let's not start your vacation off on the wrong note. I would hate for anyone to travel to an airport or to um, a cruise line and at the check-in of the security point, because again, you're going to get upset with security. Right. But your passport, your ID 
That is something that is totally in your control. So I tell folks, start with the basic information before you travel anywhere. Make sure all of your documents are current. And then be aware of the current protocols for wherever you're traveling, whether that be COVID, whether it just be an airline protocol, you know, when we all transition and you can only carry, you know, three ounces of liquids, you know, right. do you have to wear shoes? You know, get to know whatever those local uh, requirements are. Look up that particular right. airline. How many bags can you take? Right. I always say start with some of those basic things as you prepare to travel for your first bit of safety. Right. Because once you arrive at the facility, it then is on us to protect you. But it starts with you getting there. And see, Charles, you brought up a real good point. Check with the airlines to know how many bags. Charles, I know how many bags I can carry. I just try to put my whole house into it. Okay. Pam, you can't take all your shoes when you travel, Pam. You can't take all your shoes when you travel. The shoes, you know, it's like if I'm going to the beach, it's flip flops everywhere. But no, you you make a really good point about having your travel documents up to speed and having them accessible. You know, when you're going through that airport. Yes, I, I'm going to throw. Things, I'm gonna, go ahead. Go I was going to say real quick something that I do personally. I have mm -hmm. photographs of all of my documents. Yep, and I email them to myself too. And I, and I have them in a secure location so that I can access them easily. If I'm at a checkpoint and for whatever reason I can't find something, I have a copy, a digital copy of everything that I need to travel. Uh, that also helps if you lose your passport, let's say internationally. Right. Having a copy helps get you back into the States a lot quicker. And a hard copy somewhere in the States. So if you have a relative, have, have a copy of your stuff with them, if your phone okay. is stolen or something, always have multiple contingencies, especially traveling internationally. Right. That's an excellent point. That, that's exactly what I was going to mention. Uh, see, all of us think alike. And, and, and I have on my phone my ID, insurance card, passport, um, and um, I have it in a printed version. I have it in a flash drive. Uh, and, and just like Damien said, I have it at home as well. So so people know who to contact. And a lot of times people lose a credit card. Who are you going to call? And what's your credit card information right. or whatever? And 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 a lot, lot of those things, if you do the homework ahead of time, things are things are, things are going to be just fine. You're prepared yeah. once again. That makes sense. It's interesting, guys. Oh, were you about to say something, Damien? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. It's interesting because I lived in Baltimore. <laughs> go Ravens. Poor and thing. <laughs> Listen, you're a team, but um, you're no name team. <laughs> hey, we're not here to talk about sports. Put it out there sometime. <laughs> but I was living in Baltimore during 9/11 when it happened, and I remember at the airport, for instance, there were armed military guards throughout the airport, and there was an entire, uh, I guess, wing or something of the airport that was shut down because someone was running for their flight. And people were saying, hey, slow down, slow down and uh, stop or whatever. And they continued to run because they thought they were missing their flight. Um, I've always encouraged people to make sure you have ample time when you're going to the airport or when you're going to do things. Um, it just seems like that in and of itself rushing puts you, A, your anxiety is up more. And B, you're not paying attention when people are saying slow down. You're a little testy. 
So uh, that, that comes back on you guys too. What about if they're traveling on cruises or things like that? Because I live for the water. Okay. What are some uh, um, some tips for people who travel on cruises or just different ways? Because you guys have been in so many areas. Yeah. Well, I was let, me, say, let me go, go ahead, ahead, Charles. No, no, go ahead. So I would also say before we get to the cruises, uh, sure. When you're, a, when you're booking a hotel, and if it isn't a major chain, mm. uh, don't trust the photos on their website. They're trying oh. to sell you to come to the room. The easiest thing you could do is a Google Maps. Just kind of look around. At least you kind of get a feel for the area. Oh. And, uh, you know, do a street view and cruise around the neighborhood so you can at least see in a relatively real time what's happening and not the photos that the hotel is providing you. They have the best right. room, maybe the only room, but they're trying to sell it. And when you show up, and that happens in San Francisco a lot, it is not the best neighborhood. It is not the hotel you thought you were booking. So, you know, do just do a little recon on your own. Uh, and don't hesitate to call the police departments either. They will be happy to share crime stats with you. And they, really? they have a vested interest too. They don't want you to come to town and be a victim. They want you to come to town and spend money. Yeah. They will steer you in the right direction. That is their job. They, I would have never thought that, to call they, the police. They don't just, want, and just have a conversation with the counter person. Hey, I'm coming from mm -hmm. Montana. I've never traveled to to San Francisco before. I'm thinking of staying here. Is that? Do you think that's an okay neighborhood or whatever? And, and they'll be general like we're being here, but they will give you their honest opinion. Because you don't wow. want being a victim. I appreciate most, that. Most most major police departments uh, um, have their own website where they they have crime statistics for the previous years. Uh, it's for anybody to look at. So a particular zip code, you can you can look at the range of crime and 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 figure out yourself. And okay. uh, what kind of how many burglaries, homicides, uh, robberies, whatever. I, it it shows on most 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 uh, uh, police, police websites. That's those are really great tips, guys. Because I've never thought. I mean, I travel as much as I can, <laughs> and I've never thought to call the police department. Um, it's interesting you say Google Maps too. That's a really great tip to look at the city and look around. You know what's mm. going on because they're updated. You know what, every few weeks or so, so you can actually see it, right? Or is it in real time? It's, uh, it's not real time, but it, it's updated frequently. Yeah. You kind of get a feel. And it right. can go back to that, you know what your neighborhood looks like. You know that shady area of your neighborhood. If you see something similar, right. that's not where you want to stay. Or maybe you do. Maybe you want an adventure. I mean, <laughs> you'll have a wonderful time. But Maybe you want an adventure, Damien. <laughs> Not for everybody. Man is like, I'm going there so I can practice my kung fu. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so guys, I'm gonna give you a quick break, you know, because well, first let me ask you, okay. I know we were gonna touch on cruises a little bit, but I think you guys have given so much information here that uh, I want to give people a little break and give y'all a little break, but um I have a, a section that I always in kind of wrap the podcast up and I'd love to invite you to stay because you guys are in security and I know you have seen some things. <laughs> I mean, I'm in sales and I've seen some things. Being in Austin, Charles, you know, we've seen some things. I'm sure San Diego and Phoenix and everything. 
I mean, you guys have, you know, taken care of and provided safety for thousands of people. First and foremost, thank you for all of the unseen, uh, the times you have been unseen and people have had to, had a fantastic time and never had a problem. So thank you on behalf of all of the people that have gotten home safely. We definitely appreciate everything you've done here. So um, the I'm going to take us off for just a little bit, give a little commercial, and then it'll we'll come back. But I would love for you guys to stay for, will you tell some things that have happened, that, you know, some things you've seen, some things you can share. I'll give you a couple uh, couple seconds or so to think through it. I'm going to do a quick commercial with for Eagle Entertainment, ladies and gentlemen, that are here live on Facebook and YouTube. These three amazing gentlemen are here to answer your questions within reason, okay? Um, <laughs> so that they can definitely help you to be safer. And when we come back, we'll allow them to wrap up, allow you guys to wrap up a little bit more and give any more tips that you want before you start spilling the beans spilling the tea. So uh, I just want to give you a couple minutes and uh, we're going to go to a small commercial. Okay. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Guys, stay tuned. They are amazing. Giving all kinds of tips. You really need to pay attention. Okay. Stick around. Ego Entertainment Network is a triple division multimedia production and media service company consisting of radio, podcasts, television network, digital magazine, advertising, live coverage, a full service media center, and more. To find out more about how to start or syndicate a show, advertise, book the Ego Center, or inquire about other services, visit egoentertainmentnet.com today. Ego, empowered greatness optimized. Ego Entertainment Network is a triple division multimedia production and media service company consisting of radio, podcasts, television network, digital magazine, advertising, live coverage, a full service media center, and more. To find out more about how to start or syndicate a show, advertise, book the Ego Center, or inquire about other services, visit egoentertainmentnet.com today. Ego, empowered greatness optimized. Guys, thank you so much for staying tuned. It's just a little break that we're taking here. So stick around. We're coming back in just a couple more seconds with Hospital the Tea. If you are an entrepreneur, podcaster, radio host, cinematographer, or photographer and are in need of a space to work, the Ego Center is for you. A fully equipped radio podcast studio, photography and film studio, workstation, and small conference area are available for booking. Visit egoentertainmentnet.com to take a virtual tour, book, or join a membership program today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for staying tuned. Let me bring the gentleman back on here, Mr. Johnson Matai, Mr. Damian Ellis, and Mr. Charles Doris, our resident security excellence in the building. <laughs> I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to share any more tips for people traveling, cruises, things they can do to be safer before we go to y'all spilling the tea. So I just wanted to open up the floor for you to just share anything you'd like at this point. Yeah, I was going to say real quick, because I know you have a lot of listeners and a lot of fans. So uh, just some quick ones for cruising. <laughs> um, make sure you're participating 
in those emergency drills at the beginning of every cruise. So That's, don't hide in the shower. Yeah, try not to, you know, sit at the bar. <laughs> you know, don't, don't try to go and find that empty seat by the pool. You right. definitely want to make sure this is an opportunity for you to understand how the staff is going to coordinate during the event of an emergency. Like Haji and Damien said, when we have an event, our plan is based on something that we've practiced over and over again. Mm -hmm. So it is extremely important that all the participants on cruises, you know, when you're thinking about being out in the middle of the water, you have to rely on the experts that are there. And those are those individuals that are operating every day on those cruise lines for your safety. So I definitely just wanted to throw that out there, you know, personal safety, again, keeping some of those basics of where, you're, you know, be aware of your surroundings uh, for those right. that want to indulge in those nice little umbrella drinks. You just <laughs> want to make sure you, you have a plan, you know, right. and uh, you definitely just want to make sure you know how to get a hold of the hotel staff or excuse me, the crew staff or their security staff in the event that there is an emergency on site. But uh, right. I just wanted to throw that out there because I know we're running kind of tight on time, but the cruise line. Listen, you guys can keep going. There's no time limit over here. <laughs> I'm just well, being like, cognizant like, of your time, of course. Yes. Like Char like Charles said, you better know which lifeboat you're going to uh, use to get, get 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 away from that ship if you need to. That's a good point. I saw Titanic, but you know, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting you say that you're, both you're of assigned are, you're assigned to you're assigned certain That's yes. right. And yeah, so when they there. say women and children, we usually go and grab Haji and make sure that he's the only one of those. That, that, that'd be the child. That'd be the child. He's making height jokes on me now. See? Uh, you don't have to take it, Johnson. You don't have They're to take it. They're two feet taller than me. They're two feet taller than me. I'm sitting on phone books. Oh, my gosh. You, well, I'm glad you're here. You are fabulous. Look, um, it's interesting have, you said oh, because... Oh, no, just about a cruise um, and being prepared because I know of a lot of people that go on cruise. They're like, oh, it's hot. I don't want to stand out there. I don't want to go and, and know these parts of the ship. I don't feel like it. Or I've been on so many cruises. I don't need to go out there. Right. And they come into your rooms to check your cabin to see if everybody's there. Well, I've known of people to hide in the shower. But OK, so look, I've known of people to do that. And um, they don't know what the security plan is. But one time, one I was on a cruise and a friend of mine, she had had a few too many drinks and she said she was going to the ladies room. Well, about 20, 30 minutes later, I, I didn't see her. And unbeknownst to us, she had gone, she had decided to go into her room. Well, I couldn't find her and I freaked out. Well, they automatically had a plan. Like they had like, you know, they pulled out like it looked like a, um iPad or something and they were able to detect where her key what had been used and what the plan. It, it was just seamless. So you're totally right. It's very clear in every situation there's a plan. So I appreciate that. It makes me feel safer. So. And don't forget to utilize the safes. But I know Damien had something he wanted to add to. Yeah, that. please. So we're all on Facebook and on our phones all the time. A couple mm -hmm. things, a couple things to consider. If you're away from your house and you're posting pictures that you're having a great time, we all know you're away from your house. Maybe consider posting those when you get back. Ooh, that's Se a great point. Secondly, if you're like at Disneyland, take a picture of your children, what they're wearing right now. 
Because if they go missing, now you have what they were last seen in. Instead of that picture from three Instead years ago. Instead of that picture from three years ago. And lastly, <laughs> how many times have you heard that people got lost and the phone was dying and so on and so forth and you couldn't get found? Change your voicemail message to tell them where you are. Because when your phone is dead, somebody calling in will get your voicemail. I see what and you're your saying. Voice, and your voicemail will say, hey, I, I'm the last place I am is this area of the canyon. And wow. that gives us a place to start. And then if your phone is dead, taken, broken, whatever, you've left a message. You've left a starting point. Brilliant. So oh there's things God. you can do uh, to kind of help yourself. That's awesome. And, and, and you know, uh, women out there, a lot of times, men as well, if you're going on a blind date, you're going on a, a, a date from somebody, have that check-in time. Maybe it's just a text so that right. you can communicate with your friend to let them know you're fine or, hey, pull the fire alarm ready to get out of here. Right. Whatever you have, have that set up, pre pre set up. That is an excellent point. Damien, I never thought about that leaving the voicemail message on there because you're right. After a while, it dies. But and when people call in, they're gonna know. Yes. Wow. I'm, I'm gonna start doing it. I'm gonna start doing it. That's we nice. don't wanna know we don't wanna know. We, we, we're not looking for you, huh? We're not looking for you ever. <laughs> See? Why 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 do you need enemies when you have friends? <laughs> looking for you. <laughs> they never will. They can't tell you about the time they had to rescue me once. And I can't remember it. <laughs> Look, Damien, somebody commented and said, leave a voicemail if your phone is dead. Good one. It is a great one. Man, that's awesome. I had heard one time about, you know, how you have different contacts in your phone. Say you pass out and people are like, I don't know who to call. Like they said, always put a ice label it ICE for in case of emergency. Label it ICE, and whoever that is that they call on that number, that is who can help you. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily have to put a name, but yeah, those are great tips because we all cling to our phones so much nowadays. Wow, those are great tips. I'm not going to the canyon, but you know, I get it. I <laughs> be at the wine festival and after two drinks I'm like laying in the grass enjoying the clouds but you know you get the point. No those are great tips. Anything else you guys want to share before I have you tell the tea real quick? <laughs> no? Alright well hey first and foremost thank you for being here and telling all these great tips. I want to wrap the show up and give you all the opportunity to share little tidbits and little stories because a lot of times People tend to think, you know, hospitality, especially security, that you're buttoned up and you're stuffy all the time and you've never experienced things like you're human. You've experienced different situations. How did you mitigate those situations? Like, what's the wildest, craziest thing you've had to deal with and work through? I'm ready for it. She, she, she has the wild question. Look at <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, oh, I know when you add that word wild, it changes things, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, I was in New Orleans, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> and we couldn't, we couldn't find you, and you did not change your oh, resume. <laughs> Pam, hey, Pam, what's sad is we were probably with him at that that's, time. That's why I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Y'all, how long have you guys known each other? Uh, years? Yeah. 20, 20 plus? No, no. Uh, I, I think I met Damien in 87 or 88. 
Yeah. yeah. Wow. I met Charles in 94. Yeah. Wow. Man. As as the youngest guy on the call, you remember a lot. I can't remember why I walked to the kitchen this morning. <laughs> I can remember stuff from useless stuff from 30 years ago, but I walked to the bedroom this morning and I forgot what I walked in there for. Yeah. Listen, guys, I was I'm here in my home city where I grew up in and we're driving by and I'm I'm singing theme songs to like the, the song for the school I went to in elementary as we drove by it. But 10 minutes later, couldn't find my glasses and they were right on my head. OK, so whatever. I get it. <laughs> How about holding your keys in your hand and you're looking for it? Yes. That's me. Yes, it happens. But you know what I always do on the flip side, though? I always say, okay, let me name the things I can remember. That'll make me feel so much better. I remember my name. I remember my mother, where the people live. Then I just, you know, I feel better. <laughs> so what you got, guys? I know you got some story. You can share something with the I'll, listeners and viewers to tell I'll, the team. You, you, want, you want me to start there, gentlemen? Yeah. Yes, please. So <laughs> we, were, uh, we, we were on a security detail for uh, uh, the French president at the time. So okay. that involves secrets. That involves Secret Service and typical sure. planning, and and the Secret Service are very regimented, and nothing occurs that they don't want to occur. Well, the French president doesn't necessarily go along with that. Hmm. So his security tells us he's going to go into the crowd, and it'll be like a mosh pit, and it truly was. So a we took mosh pit. we 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 took him through this crowded ballroom over fifteen hundred people, and he shook hands with every one of them. And they're all French, so they're a little pushy, and they made a lot of wine. They weren't passed out. But I was boy, that way when I was in France, too. Come boy, let, let me tell you, we have never uh, – everything that the Secret Service and y'all learn in your training was executed that day because we had to hold them by the pant loops. We had to make sure we moved the crowd along. We had to make sure we didn't lose them. And it, it was it truly was a mosh pit scene. Oh, and my gosh. He, he, he took it in the stride and just – he loved every minute of it. And at the end of that really? event, the Secret Service looked like they had just played in the basketball game. So the rest of us, because we were drenched, we were sweating. Oh we, we got them in, we got them out, we did our thing. But yeah, that that truly was uh, it was a fun event. But yeah, it, it it you were in the crowd, you were in that mosh pit. Wow! And he had a great time. And in your words, he got home right. He surely did. That's what matters. That's what matters. I love it. Oh my gosh. He, so he would do this all the time. This is just what he was. He, a, he, he was a people person. He wanted to meet the people. Wow. So this was in the United States. So he didn't get to see. Uh, he didn't get to see the, the, the folks in the city very often. So they uh. all came to the fundraiser, and yeah, it, all all of our great planning went right out the window when we went in that mosh pit. <laughs> Adapt and overcome. You have to grab him by the belt loop. That's that's awesome. You typically do that anyway. You hold on to your protectee by the belt loop in case you need to pull him away. But we really had yeah. to. I mean, I think we were strapped to his belt loop. It was so wow, so much. Wow, that is hilarious. Oh my gosh. Okay, Charlie, you look like you're ready for one. Oh man, I just I have two stories because the three of us we've been doing this for so long. But yeah, early on in my. Uh, young hospitality career as a young director. I had one of my first presidential uh, visits. And uh, I remember during a sweep of the facility where he was going to be sleeping, we uh, were in the uh, restroom and uh, one of the agents noticed that there was a ticking sound 
coming from behind the Kamol. And uh, of course, we all go straight into up. Oh, there's a threat. We need to start clearing out. I called for one of the uh, assistant chief engineers to come up to evaluate the situation. Right. We've got me and all these Secret Service guys. We're all like standing behind doors, looking around the corner. And uh, this this chief engineer, he's down there. He's listening. He looks back at me and then just goes whoosh. And I had that exact same look, just thinking that I had died because right. <laughs> it, it was the it was the trap in the kamol. The flap was tapping was with the water flow. Yes. <laughs> so but what you're the, saying is this security guy was afraid of a toilet. All of us. <laughs> all of us. It makes sense. Better safe than sorry, right? Hey, and, and we all thought that was our last day here. Oh my we god! This man pushed down on that on that switch and. We all jump like, yes. So it, it happens to the best of us. Yes. It yes. To the best of us. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. What's the other story? So I have one. It was a little more on the serious side. We received a threat, a bomb threat at a particular location one time. And uh, it, we received it via fax. And this was. At okay. my time back then was unheard of because we could see the number you sent it from. Text it from, right? <laughs> but um, oh. we still had to follow the same protocols. We checked the entire facility. We had a group that was in house. The individual referenced the group that was in house, so that just escalated the threat. Come to find out, the young man was in San Francisco, California. He was upset with the company and faxing <laughs> a bomb threat. Like and. The police made contact with him. They arrested him and said he was just wanting to vent. But there was no true social media back then, so we did it via fax. Oh, that's that's awesome. Back in the day, he had to hammer it through. Yeah. He couldn't just go online and post it like they can do right. now. He had right. to fax it over to us. Wow. I don't think, I don't think there were fax machines when I first started. Yeah, yeah, those are called teletypes. <laughs> I, I got upgraded into a typewriter that you uh, you you can erase without a without a boo boo tape or boo boo juice and 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 you just dated yourself. Yeah, I know. Hey, you that's all right. Out. Yeah. We, we, all right, we, how about we, this funny th this crazy story? Six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, uh, people are opening up the facility. There comes a man crashes his car on the street, runs in with a rifle in his hand, goes through one area, saw, saw team members, decided to run in the other direction, set off a fire alarm. In the meantime, the team members, they decided to call 911, get everybody alerted while security is looking for this individual. He goes into a, a ballroom space where... 20 minutes later, there was going to be 300 people walking in. Police get there within five minutes. This guy was um, on the second floor as the police decided to go up the, up the stairs. This man decides to hide the gun behind the couch. All he was trying to do was he was, he was wasted. He was on something. Yeah. He was a felon. He should not have had a weapon. All he was trying to do was hide his weapon. 
And in the meantime, the world was thinking that it was an active active attack thing. And and the police get him separated. And five, seven minutes later, the entire convention starts walking in. Nobody knew knew what happened. Oh my gosh. Yes. What so so you you all got it all taken care of, wrapped up, and people came in and just kept yeah, on police, this. Police, yeah, just ten, five, seven minutes later, the, the crowd came in. Nobody knew what happened. That is, first of all, I would have thought he was an active shooter. He's, I, I don't everybody know. About did, everybody else. did. So did the police. They responded sure. as an active attack thing, an active shooter thing. And and because he was running around with a rifle. That's exactly. And, and there you go. That, but you made it happen and got it all together. See, that's what I'm talking about. A lot of times people don't realize what you guys do behind the scenes. Oh, my gosh. This has been so informative. I am so glad you guys are here. And I'm going to tell you like I tell everyone that comes on Hospital the Tea. Now that you've been here, you are family. So that means if there are different things that change in your industry and you need to let the people know, Hospital the Tea is with you. We will do a special episode to make sure it's out. Um, and it, down the line, I, if things change or what, I will reach out to you guys again to see if you want to all collectively come on and give updates. You are part of the Hospital the Tea family, and I am so glad that you are here. Gentlemen, Damian Ellis, John Samatai, Charles Doris. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for sharing great tips behind the scenes. If there's anything else you guys want to say, say it now forever. Hold your peace. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pam, thank you. I had a great time. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Uh, I yes. know it seems like we only call when we want to get together, but uh, this was a good little, uh, good little uh, meeting that we had here. This was nice. Yes. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. much. You're very welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for also being here for yet another episode of Hospital the Tea, where we put a face to hospitality. Thank you for joining us on JQLM Radio. Uh, thank you for joining us on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Anchor, I mean, Stitcher. This everywhere. We're everywhere. So, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, always remember when you go out and interact with anyone in the hospitality industry, there's a human behind that. And as I say every time, just as Dr. Maya Angelou always said, people will forget what you said. They will forget what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Extend hospitality and make someone feel special. Thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs> Take care.